Hey, what's up? It's Mr. Bill. The track you're listening to right now is the result of a 35-hour tutorial series where I recorded the process of making this song from start to finish and explained myself along the way. If you're interested in learning how to make music or sharpening your craft, go to mrbillstunes.com and check it out. Enjoy the tune. You're listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you are listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you're 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 listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Oh yeah, it actually just cut out when you moved it, so maybe you have a oh, larger cable. Is it's, it cool? It, it's still it's fine not, now, yeah. But like yeah, when you not, when you touch yeah, it, it no. cut out for a second. Basically, like I have the cable hidden between the thing because I don't mm. like seeing it. I have OCD, so for me, it's like if I see a little, like I have zero cables in my setup. I can like, how can I show you? Like, is there a chat in here? I can send a picture. Oh yeah, there's uh, a chat. Yeah, you could send a link for yeah. sure. But basically, like for me, it's like if if I have any cables, I just can't do. I can't like focus on anything but the cable. It's really bad. So I spend like so much time on cable management. My uh, table is all like custom made specifically for that. Like I have holes exactly even for my charger for my phone charger. I have something that's like sticking from a hole just to not have any cables. It's a uh, it's pretty bad, but <laughs> whatever helps me to to achieve the the creativity zone for sure. Yeah, I understand that honestly to a degree. I feel like, um, yeah, I very much don't like cables either. I don't like clutter much at all. I mean, I feel like honestly to make music, you kind of have to give yourself like a lot of space mentally. And if anything else is intruding on that mental real estate, then it can definitely be taxing uh, especially if you can't stop thinking about something, right? Like if you're obsessive. I think for, for me, it's like because I have autism and like OCD and like all these things that my brain works differently. And for me, like just going, like coming to the idea of making music is such a different process than what most people have. Because for most people, it's like, oh, maybe I'll just make some music. And but for me, it's like it's like when you hear a siren and you need to run when I have an idea. I just like, it's, it doesn't matter where I am. I can be at the shower, I can be outside. When I have an idea, I have a limited time of like five minutes until I sit down and just like, just really like tore it all out there. And and the thing with me in music is like, I make a lot of music. Like I, I could make like multiple albums a day because it's just very, the way I work, I don't think before I do something, it's just, I've been doing it for 15 years. Uh, I, I mean, maybe it's not a lot compared to you. I'm not sure how long you've been doing this. Uh, about the same, about 15 yeah. years. At this point, it's like, I don't think before, it's like some pianists just do their thing. And with me, it's like, I've been with the same DAW and the way I learned music, it was never like YouTube or something like that because there was no YouTube back then. And I could not even speak English back then when I was like eight years old. I'm 23, so I started when I was eight. 
And with me, it's like, I just had to play with it. The first three years of me making making music was just me playing with bottoms and what does this thing do? What does that thing do? And the result of it became just my own way of making music. And it's funny because nobody works the way I do. And it's a very, it's an efficient way. It's a very uh, autistic way, you can say, of making music. It's unique to me, but because I have my own method, it allows me to be like very, 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 I'm a very quick person in general. If, If there is something to do that takes a week, I'll do it in a couple of hours because since a very young age, because of my Tourette's, um, I was fully disabled. Like I was not able to shower by myself, to eat by myself when I was 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Uh, and basically, do you, are you a little familiar with Tourette's in, in general and what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I read your bio and, um, it mentioned that like due to the war there at the time it gave you like PTSD and then you started yeah. developing ticks and stuff like that. Right. And then- yeah. So basically like you were born with the genes of that, but we had like this war, it was like the first war experienced. And because of my autism, especially when I was very young, everything was very traumatic. So let's say if like basically war it's a couple of missiles and sirens and there are safe rooms like you've been to israel you know israel is like it's it's just a normal country it's a great country there's yeah, nothing yeah israel's chill yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's 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 pretty chill i'm more afraid to walk in chicago or any city in the us almost like almost any city in the us than i'm here because at least here there's like soldiers and stuff so i'm cool i'm chill uh, mm-hmm. I know well, what's coming for me when I walk here. But mm-hmm. basically, uh, back then, I, I could not understand reality like at all. It was very, very um, delayed development when it comes to... I, had, I was very good at a lot of things. At age six, I was doing graphic design. Age seven, I was building games, building websites. At age eight, I was selling servers, buying them from like China and selling the, like <laughs> I was very early, early, early um, adopter of web and internet. And of course it was before Facebook and YouTube. Literally, I, I had a YouTube channel in 2007. Oh, wow. And yeah, I, I think was, I started mine around the same time, actually. Yeah, I, I, was, I was seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and yeah, I mean, I, what I will do is I will take like uh, so uh, my autism uh, two, was always 2009 like 2009 is when I created my YouTube yeah, yeah my first one I mean like it's not the one I have now but it's still it still exists and there's like hundreds of videos what I was doing is so we had the CDs my dad he had the he has like a computer shop so we had a lot of electronics early on he's that guy and he loves music you know he used to listen to all kinds of rock hip hop and not what people listened in my country like he he would listen to Ramstein some russian like music and you know some cool stuff like I'm ukrainian so it was always very uh, he will definitely be on the outsider spectrum. Like I was listening to Prodigy when I was five. And back mm-hmm. then it was like kids would not listen to that kind of stuff and the early electronic stuff. And I had all these CDs. What I will do is I will search the CD's name on Google. Then I will take 
all the pictures from Google Images, some of the pictures has, has had nothing to do with the band or with the song. Just will download like screenshot uh, with some old, old program, bunch of pictures, put it on Movie Maker, then take the camera, record the songs through the camera, because that was a record button on like Movie Maker 2006, right? And you, I, I did not know you can just drag the audio. I will just record the audio through the microphone, hold it, and I will upload it to YouTube. I was doing like what UKF, like what now I am being featured on for like the last decade. I was doing that when I was like seven, not understanding anything at all. I was just like, it's cool. It obviously had like zero views. Now it has like 50 views, but still it's such a, it's a weird I was living in my own bubble and my own zone and music was always such a huge part of it. So I was a very early adapter of, of, of software, computers, all that stuff. And music was always this huge, huge thing. Like it's the cliche story of I would curate a playlist and then like my mom would come and I would dance for my mom and sing and it's cliche, but when you are what I wear back then, it's very extreme. Like I would cry and scream if my mom would not come watch me and hear the music I curated for her. So they realized like there was something deeper than just like, oh, he likes sound. And when I was like seven, I started to drum uh, to play the Dorbuka, which is that drum mm -hmm. right here. Um, and I was very good at it, like very extremely good at it naturally. And obviously there were like the school competition, then like the city against city and then the country against country, blah, blah, blah. And then there was a very special competition right after the war. And I had some ticks going on, but after the war, it was like very, very extreme. I was sure I'm going to die. It was a very, very unrealistic reaction of a kid but the problem with with what i was back then is just imagine like an an eight years old kid that's supposed to kind of kind of understand situations i was unable to understand the reality of what happened i was thinking oh i'm gonna die everybody's gonna try to kill me for the rest of my life and I would not sleep at night. I would pee myself and just very... Kind of just like crazy it's, it's panic not, attacks. Not, and Yeah, it's not supposed to happen at age eight. But yeah. since Tourette was a part of it, uh, ticks started. And at, at first, like, it was a little kind of minor. There was zero awareness to what Tourette's is. Like, my parents did not know what it is. My doctors did not know what it is. It was very... Um, nobody had any idea of what the, f of that this exists at all. Speaking mm. like 2007, 2008. So there was this war. I'm doing this Darbuka thingy, like the competition. I'm supposed to be, bring the lead. Like I start and then like more people come in and come in. It's a lot of layers of drumming. Uh, some have the low area, some have the high area. This little drum, you, you can sit and play like 20 people. It's crazy. It's um, definitely an interesting drum, but I was supposed to start. I and there is like 500 people in front of me. I'm eight, and all this excitement and the anxiety from like the war, I just had ticks and it just fell out of my hands and broke. 
I'm crying, panicking. We go home. I'm crying my my life out. You know, it's such a like. I had this thing. I don't have this thing. Like fuck. I go online and go to a forum. I uh, can somebody give me a software? I was eight years old, but the same forum I used for like graphic design and sell my services anonymously online and just hang out with people that are three times my age. None of them knew I was eight. It was all like anonymous, but again- Which, uh, which forum was this? Do you remember? Yeah, it's like an Israeli forum. Uh, oh. It's called, yeah, it's called FXP. It, it's back then, it was many, many, like, it was so many forums, like so many of them. I was daily- One of those, like classic PHP type forums? Yeah, yeah, like the really no design, just like, <laughs> cracky but still like yeah. we had community we would speak through uh uh skype was early but there was another software like speak uh yeah, or aim or icq or whatever no like something way worse than that like like uh. it, it, it was just a little window and you could speak because icq like did it have calls like voice calls uh, I'm not I sure. I remember producers yeah. though around when I was starting in like 2007, 2008 were like all using AIM because everyone at that time had moved over to other stuff like Skype or MySpace or whatever. Yeah. So we all the Messenger. producers. I remember Messenger. Remember like the... MSN the, Messenger, the Hotmail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That thing, yeah. I, I was so... I was there from a very young age with people three, three times my age. So I came, I'm like, hey, I need a software. I have a screenshot of that. I found in the archive of that forum. I actually contacted, the forum closed, but I contacted the owner and I was like, hey man, like I need that because one day people are gonna doubt that that I started like that. And because it's such a magical, I just love to document uh, my journey like that because it, again, it's, it's a little crazy how things turned out to be, but he actually sent me the, he had like all the service, like, you know, in some drive, he sent me the actual page and I have it 2008. Um, I asked, can, can somebody recommend me a software first comment FL studio? Da -da 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 -da. I'm calling my dad, dad is Ukrainian. You know, they, they like, he knows how to download stuff. Let, let's 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 put it there um and i was eight i did i did not like know anything about how can i even download the software that comes in fl studio fucking like five or, or, or like something old not even the latest version you know like something very old but he found a version and i'm playing i'm putting these loops on these loops and i'm kind of like this is not what i'm used to this is not playing but with time, the ticks came worse and worse and worse and worse. I was not able to play any instruments, not even write with my own hands. And with time, I was not even not even able to keep my eyes open. Like, I'll just give you an example of, it's basically like, like this all day. And it's like an endless Parkinson. You don't sleep. Uh, I, I got to like 400 and something pounds. I lost 180 pounds but i was disabled like 100 percent. i was not able to do almost anything by myself mm. how um, did the how did you end up like because it doesn't seem like you have ticks really now like how did I, I, that's the story like i know so you're you're like a musical genius i get it right like 
It's well, I mean, I, I, it's funny because I actually I had ticks when I was younger too, so I can kind of relate. Oh, what? That's, what it, that's it came from a accident that I had in a, on a bike. I was like riding down a steep hill, and somebody backed out of their driveway, and I hit it, uh, hit the car, and smashed my fucking nuts into wow. my stomach, basically. Ooh. And it took ages for, for a doctor to like get them back into the sack, which was like kind of fucking crazy. Now I think about it, but that like gave me this weird tick with my shoulder for a long time as well. Yeah. And Thing if is, I like, like, if I get really unhealthy and start like doing a lot of uh, like substances and not exercising and not eating healthy, it kind of mm -hmm. comes back as well. Yeah. So like my, my ticks are still here. Um, I'll talk a little bit. So I'll explain why I'm here. First of all, thank you for even like having me. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Of course. Um, and I, and I appreciate you and what you do for the community. I I'm listening to the podcast myself. So thanks for oh, that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so many flights. I am. I am a seeker <laughs> for knowledge, and you bring a lot of like raw, authentic knowledge. That's why I'm very happy to be here and do that. Um, we'll talk about music, but I want to kind of start with how I even got to like my my. I want to show people that there are so many interesting ways to get to this like industry and scene, and also it did save my life in a way. Like I'll get to it in a second, but. Uh, I'm healthy now. I was rock bottom, supposed to die, and like by this, by the end of this story, you'll kind of understand how with music, not just like my Tourette's got better, but I was able to learn how to communicate with people at all, like from zero. So how I was able to kind of take the way method I learned with music and kind of just make my life about this and learning. So I'll get back to um, the story because that's when things get like a little interesting. Mm -hmm. So my ticks and Tourette's came to a max, to a very high, fully disabled. I'm 10 years old, uh, gaining weight like crazy. I can't do much at all. School is, if I go, I'm getting bullied. There was this uh, thing that people used to say, what can we wish to somebody that has it all? Tourette's autism ocd like oh cancer so i lucky me i did not end up having cancer but the bullying and everything was too much it got me way worse um it's kind of a place that you are a curse you're a bad thing you're a sick child if it's to your family if it's to your the people around you are all only there because they feel pity for you like you don't have anybody really seen any worth and then obviously high high depression suicidal all day the only thing i do is making music because if i want to keep my eyes open i gotta fucking distract and that's and, and that's why i'm the way i am today with music and why i'm so efficient and fast and lists and so organized because it, it's a big distraction. The reason you see me now not having ticks is because I'm distracted. I'm doing something that's so much more powerful than myself that I, I, when we finish this call, I will have ticks. Mm -hmm. you, you know, that's the thing. I will. But as for now, I, I'm I'm distracted. This is like it's it's a complete different situation for me. So basically spamming music all day learning all of them ableton cubase fl studio pro tools reason whatever it is whatever there is to offer when it comes to music production 
uh, all the FL Studio stock plugins. Then I found out about Massive, FM8, all the silent and whatever was accessible to me, Reactor, uh, not Reactor, um, what what the name? Not, um, I've, I've, yeah, Reactor. When there's like little plugins inside it, right? Yeah, yeah, you can like yeah, patch. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. base patching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, just playing around with whatever was available back then. And just, I was, I had a very big difficulty learning from back then, like 2012. Uh, we had YouTube and Facebook, but I, I have a, I can't study anything like that. I just have to develop my own, like, put it in front of me. I play with it until I get it. It's mm. weird, but I can't read a manual. Everything I learned musically, it's just, I put it in front of me, I spend a week with it. By, uh, by a couple of days, I can work with it. By a week or two, I can make whatever out of it. So it's always a very different way of acting and approaching software and new things and learning. But the good part is because of that, it was like a game. I would make it a challenge to learn more and more and more and more VSTs and more things. And how do I create this? How do I make my own drums? And I got to a point that after five years at 13 years old, I started my project uh, Sex Whales, um, 10 years old, um, 10 years ago. I started my project uh, Sex Whales 2013. And that's when I really started to like take the five years of playing and I took myself seriously because I had no choice, right? Like I just wanted to wake up, go to my computer and, and, and do whatever it takes to not feel the pain, not feel the I'm a disaster of a human being to everybody around me and to myself. And I don't want to be here. So I'll just do this thing and, and, and just escape. It was escapism in its like purest forms. But the thing is, my health got worse and worse because I did not really take care of it. I just escaped to, to the software, to the music communities, you know, like early Facebook groups and the forums and just like uh, talking with people online. And since my autism was, I, I never had any, any sort of treatment because my Tourette's was so bad, they would give me like, 30 pills a day because you start with one pill and then there is side effects. So you take another one, another one, another one. You have to take these like three times a day. So at this point, like my brain chemically is fucked. You don't give a 13 year old. I think it's not a very wise idea to spam 30 pills on somebody that young, right? Like or anyone three. really, it's like 30 pills yeah. a day of anything that's yeah. not just like purely supplemental, like, you know, yeah. uh, psych psych psychiatric type drugs. Yeah, probably not, not good to take 30 of them regardless of your age. I agree. And I'm, by the way, just a little bit about myself. Uh, I never done like anything. I never had alcohol. I never smoked a cigarette. I never had any drugs. I never tried weed. I, I'm like trying to keep it as pure, not that I mind, right? Like people do their thing, uh, but I was so traumatized by these like pills and everything that still to this day, like I need to be very, very sick. 
to get like an Advil, you know, like very, very sick, like dying kind of situation. Um, but I'll go back to the story. I do have like, I, I apologize to you and to everybody listens. I can get like very into like stories sometimes. So feel free to be like, okay, let's, let's, let's like, what, what's the next part of it? So no, you, go for it, man. Yeah, feel I'm free to, to do so. Um, I'm obviously like everybody just trying to find my way of explaining my, what's inside of my head outside. It's way yeah. easier with music. <laughs> um, right. So I'm 13, sex wells. I'm like very, very heavy, 400 pounds. Uh, I can't do much. I don't go to school. All I do is make music. I start to put music weekly on my SoundCloud. All genres, really dubstep, electric house, Melbourne bounce back then, like Leech Hop, uh, Mombaton, like whatever is whatever I hear, I just create and I put it out. And, you know, I take myself seriously. I make these graphics for myself and post a lot on Facebook and uh, for the zero likes I had back then. And I just took myself very seriously because it was a nice kind of like bubble that, oh, I do this thing, nothing else matters. Um, and I was, every release, I was sending it to like 100, 200 emails, whatever I could find. I didn't even know what these emails meant. I, I would like... <laughs> I checked like a couple of years ago, the old emails from like 10, 12 years ago. And I'm like, I was sending my music to like uh, agents because all the mm -hmm. artists had like the, their agents and I could not, I did not know what book is. I was like, there mm -hmm. is an email. It's the artist, you know, like yeah, I was yeah. so innocent and I'm like, Hey bro, like check it. And all the music, like back then, like SoundCloud had this like dubstep EDM com or like dubstep net or all these blogs that were very big. Like if you were featured in a blog back then, that's like 20,000 views mm. back, back then. And I would spam them again and again and again. And slowly, you know, like I got this YouTube upload here, 5,000 subscribers, boom, I got like 50 followers. And then I'm like, like, oh my God. It's like a game. So I'm just every couple of days, not even every week, every three, four days releasing music, sending to more people. And I would go and find channels for a specific genre just to make a song in that genre and send them. So I just had this game of I need to grow something and make it bigger and bigger. And I keep at it and keep at it. And a little thing here, a little thing there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm 13 years old. And people are like, what? You're 13? Like, what, what's going on? And I was using Google Translate. It was very, um, I can imagine getting a message like that today. You know, it would feel a little like, what's going on? But the music was cool. You know, I spent five years like really, really trying. And my sound back then, like, I'm not going to lie. We had no splice. We had no presets. I mean, some presets, but no presets. Ceremony came at the end of 13, right? Uh, like the, uh, the, like the, that, the yeah. beta version and then the actual version 14. Mm. And so it was harder to, to stick out. And, and my sound, like, you know, if I show you a track from like when I was 13 years old, you would say like, that's not compared to back then. That's okay. Like that, that, that that's something that... I, I can understand why I draw some attention back then. So I kept going and going. And then like, I have like a thousand followers in SoundCloud, like 500 likes. Boom. I'm, I'm like, if I have thousand followers and this other artist and this method I'm saying right now, it could work today because I was using, using a very brutal, uh, like logic, you know, which sometimes you don't do something because it's not 
you you just don't do it. But I had no rules. I'll tell you something, and that's my motto. I'm different, you know. I've always been different, man. Like I don't think the same way as other people. I don't come from the same culture, from the same country. But I can tell you one thing: I spend the majority of my life in miserable pain, fully disabled, not able to use my body, open my eyes, whatever it is. And I've seen evil in so many forms. And I've seen pain in so many forms. And even now doing this thing, people don't think about us as a human being. They think about like, nobody will come in person and say that, you know? And I got to mention, like, most of these people are kids, you know, yeah. most of them are teenagers. That's most also true, right? It's like maybe when they get to our age and then they're like, fuck, I can't believe them, I was like hating all these people online. I was it's, such a lot of, uh, it's a lot of hormones, you know, like they have their parents and they, they are just mad at the world. And, you know, when you're a child, everything is beautiful, man. Life is good. And then you become a teenager and it's like, fuck. What the fuck's going on? Like, what am I? What am I supposed to do? Why is everything so chaotic? And then you really understand that this world is not just about going to the park, biking your bike, and, and eating your spaghetti. No, life becomes serious, and people sometimes just kids can't process that. And and you know that's where where bullying comes from. And you know I feel genuinely like it, it's it's there is a lot of them. Uh, but I don't think there is really a lot of them. I think they're not, they're a very small minority, but it hurts. And I tell you why it hurts. Me and you, we give all ourselves. We sacrifice so much. We are here for them, for everybody who hates us, who loves us. We're here to tell our story, to teach something, to bring something good, be a positive light. And when we receive hate or we just, uh, me, I just can't understand where it comes from. But what I do now, because I, I, with autism, you got to learn emotion, why, uh, how to feel, what, when to feel, to control yourself, balance. And what I do is when I see stuff like that, I just try to be like, what, what can, can they possibly go through that makes them feel that way? And, and, and then I'm like, they're not evil. They just don't understand us and as somebody that's on the spectrum i'm used to not being understood like it's sad that's why i love music because nobody can judge you of music you know nobody can say like people cannot like it it's all right but at the end of the day music is is that one thing that's always been such a safe place for me you know like i'm not gonna make a mistake making music a technical mistake, whatever it is, uh, which you don't have many of them after after 15 years, uh, but still, like, it's that one thing that you can always learn more, get better, and it's only only bringing positive light. You know, most of the people that will hate on a song, it's people that hate the artist to begin with for something else. And, you know, I have the absolute pleasure to be here and to inspire people and to make people happy with my music. And idiom Twitter is like 0.001. You know, when Excision had that thing happening to him with like the beef and you, know, you oh, remember yeah, that like on Twitter. Get her in space laces and yeah, stuff. Yeah, which I, I don't want to touch that, but I'll say that thing. 
I, I texted him because he was there for me when I was in, in a low place. And he texted and I texted him. I was like, man, you do, you you your what you built has such a large effect on so many people. And these people on Twitter are 0.000%. So it doesn't matter rights or wrongs. I don't even I don't want to touch that. But I can say one thing. There is a price to pay for what me and you do. And we spread a lot of good, but sometimes like the, the prices that some people are going to hate and, and I, I accepted it. It's not easy. We don't deserve any of that, but I accepted it and, and I'm hugging that. I, I, it's like you're heaven and you're hell yourself and you create like you are what you're choosing to be. And for somebody like me that look at me, I'm healthy. Look at me. I, I'm, a, I'm a human being. I can have a conversation. I can be on a podcast. None of that was possible a decade ago, just a decade ago. None of that was when you was older than I am now. You're 35. I'm 23. Right. When you was older than who I am now, I could not. You see this thing I've here is because I had to hold my eyes like this to see something. I was not able to sleep. They had to give me the pills you give to horses so I can sleep for two hours. I was supposed to die oh, they, they told ketamine me, <laughs> is that what they give no, to horses i don't even know no i don't know it, it was not ketamine but it, it was something to like very heavy dosage of sleep uh pills and sometimes like injections because it did not help you know it, it's like non-stop ticks and it just doesn't end and it's not just my upper body it's my whole body my legs noises barks spits, whatever it knows, like just your whole body nonstop. And if I came from there and I'm here now, so I understand that my mission on this life is to just help other people. I can't change anything, but just kind of tell my story, uh, keep my journey going. And I just want to, music was always there for me, man. It, it, not just making it, but listening to it. You know, I was a big fan of your music years ago, years and years and years ago. And, and I'm a fan of many other people's music. And the way that millions of people listen to my music monthly and, and, and leave, like, I'm not saying fans, but people just enjoy my music and just go through their day and hear it and, and have a little feel a little kind of something there. Oh, that was nice. That's all I need. That That's what music was for me. And I just want to be that thing. And there are millions of other artists and it doesn't change the fact that I can still touch people with my art. And I would love if that's all good to kind of continue to my story and uh, my kind of like switch. If that's yeah, yeah. One, one thing I would like to interject with though is that I think it's... Uh, it's really cool that you're like so empathetic in that way where you totally make music for other people because I can't say the same for me. I feel like it's somewhat of an egotistical pursuit for myself. Like I personally really enjoy making it and that's why I do it. And having other people enjoy it is a really nice byproduct. And on the opposite side, if other people like hated it, like strictly hated it, then I wouldn't do it, obviously. So it's obviously a balance of the two things. So... I, yeah, think I, de like, I definitely think like it's it's kind of like eighty yeah. percent I do it because I really fucking like doing it, and twenty percent I do it for people. So I'll be honest. I think like if I finish my story, you're gonna understand that what you just said is like I'm the opposite. I do it for me. Uh, and, and if you want just one proof for that is Wales is one of the 
tiny, it's like this much of what I actually do. I can make thousand tracks a year, all genres. If it's pop, mainstream, hip hop, EDM, IDM, movies, scoring, whatever it is. So Wales is is my passionate, like that's my thing, you know, that's my I, I'm attached to it on that level. But to be honest, like music is at the end of the day, I have a lot in life. I've achieved many, many, many heights, which I'm thankful and so fucking thankful for. But making music is why I can sit here and not feel like my body just got into five car crashes in a row every single minute. Like I am exhausting my own brain all day long with music and anything to do with music and this career so I can sleep at night. So at the end of the day, I like to be a positive light. I don't think like I would say I make music for people to enjoy. I think it really helps me to keep going because for somebody like me, I can wake up with level nine pain and, and nothing can get me out of bed. But if I know like I have still? a show, Did yeah, of course. Oh, wow. Damn. My body right now, I'm like holding myself. You know, like I'm just holding myself. They can see it in a podcast, but you can see like I'm holding all of my muscles, my rectum muscle, like everything. If I let go at night when I go to sleep, that's when I feel it. You know, when I wake up, that's when I feel it because there is no distraction. You start from zero. And that's why I fill my life with all these healthy habits, gym, uh, teaching, um, explaining, like being there, helping, making music. Like I try to just be there for a just do as much as I can until I go to sleep. So I think, so that's, that's the, that's the thing I have. I make music for me and I make it to, to not feel pain or die for real. But I am a very empathic person. And if it was just for me, I would not be able to keep going, man. So I need like this other reason to let me keep, keep it going. And that's that part of like for the people, being a positive light, affecting people's life, being that person that I wanted to have always back then and still today, I want to be that person for other people. You know, I want to spread like I feel like uh, I have a lot of I have a lot of respect for people who have the um, like emotional resilience to just do their own thing no matter how many people hate it you know like there's a few people that I know in the IDM scene who just make like crazy insane glitch music and it seems like no matter like how many people be like what the fuck is this on the internet or don't come to their shows or anything it's like they just have this resilience to just keep doing it even though it doesn't have that that sort of like uh, desired effect that we all, uh, you know, hope happens to our music, which means a lot of people listen to it and come to your shows and support you and all that. Can I ask, so, can I ask, um, I'm so sorry to you, can I ask an honest autistic question? Yeah, yeah. Do you ever experience a near-death situation? Yeah, so I mean, last year, I, well, the last couple of years before this year, I, I went through like a pretty uh, insane drug addiction 
And I ended up in hospital multiple times. Um, and the last time I ended up in hospital, which is why I ended up going to rehab, uh, yeah, I, I felt like I was about to die for sure. I like basically yeah. um, ended up overdosing myself on Tylenol because I was in so much pain from doing so much ketamine, like the cramps were so bad that I kept taking Tylenol, but at the same time, I was also doing a lot of ketamine. So I like forgot how much Tylenol I took and I just kept taking it without like remembering that I had taken it. And then all of a sudden it felt like my liver was like on fire. Anyway, I went to the hospital. They were like, they were like, yep, your liver is pretty fucked. We need to basically get you on a drip and you have to stay here for like five or six. So yeah, I, that, that, I would say. Yeah, so you, like, you had your first, so can I ask like, do you remember the moment when it all ended, all of it, and you went back home and you just told yourself that everything is going to be different from now on? You, you know that moment, like I, everything is going to be different. I'm not going to live the same life. So I, I went home and I started doing ketamine again instantly. Oh, wow. And, okay, but yeah. that's, that's, that's an addiction. It's a, it's a different... Yeah, yeah. It's a different. Yeah, and then after that, I yeah, after that, I was like, all right, I gotta. I did that for like a couple more weeks, which was fucking stupid. And then, but let's say after, do you have a moment of clarity after rehab that you say like, I need to change something? Definitely during rehab, yeah. Like when I first went there, I was like, I'm just gonna give myself a month break, and then when I come out, I'm gonna do drugs again. Like I had no intention really of like actually stopping. I was just gonna go and just like just take a break and then come out and like live my life again, how I was already living it. But whilst in there, yeah, something changed. And I was like, actually, I think I'm going to be sober. So I will be honest. I'm not going to lie. I do not understand a lot about drugs. So I don't, I, I don't want to express opinions on something I'm not familiar with, but I'll kind of tell you the way I had it. I had nothing of a life. It was nothing like life for years and years and years. And you can relate to that feeling of just being alive, feeling dead, like really just feeling like it's, it's, it's going to end in like what a week or so. Right. Like this. Yeah, I've, of I've had crazy anxiety before actually, where it feels like that Where Like I've, it's not like a near death experience where I know I'm going to die, but I feel like I'm oh, going to die. Yeah. Like, but for yeah. me, it's like, I was in a place that with the weight I was at and the ticks and stuff, my heart was not able to do that. And you know, my whole life, I'll kind of get to to what was the, the breaking point and, and you'll get it all, you know, because you don't need to be an empathic person to understand why I am the way I am. Uh, basically, I started this project, things grew slower and slower. I started to work with people. One of these people was Ehide, which again, it's very unfortunate, but I was just trying to do anything I can. He was a big I'm, artist. I'm also curious, like, did he also not know? I, or I, know? I don't know. I don't think he can speak English very well. I haven't spoken to him in, in like eight years. So it's very unfortunate, but I'm not aware. I'm asking myself, like, I appreciate him, you know, but I'm asking myself, like, how did he not step up and say, hey, is that like, how did he not say a word? Like he was. Yeah. Well, I mean, I that he was that, older than I am now. What yeah, I mean, if, maybe like if I was, if, if I, I'm not mad at him. I can judge. Like I, like I, I would not judge myself. I can judge him. But if I was 13 years old, low function, ununderstanding of what was going on, where was he as the responsible adult with a career? Like that was the first big thing I've ever done. So. 
it's a little odd to me to think that, but again, it was a decade ago. I can't really, I don't want to dig that hole because I have so many wonderful things going on. And if it ever hurt anybody, this track, um, I will, until the day I leave this earth, make sure I explain myself and fix that. Uh, if anybody had any type of bad feeling from that track, because I felt horrible for years, even changed my alias, my artist name. So I kind of understand, but whatever, like, I'm actually curious too. Like I'm asking myself, but I don't think he deserves any of that or anybody else. It's, I explained my part. I think it, well, I've got to, I've got to assume that he probably also just didn't know. Right. Like I, it's a little, really... let's be honest. Like, let's not be too innocent. Like I was a decade ago. He probably just thought it was funny. Like, I don't know. I, it's hard to believe you're like 20 something and you don't know. But again, just like I would not judge myself and go on Twitter and you can see not even one time I mentioned the word about him in any of these posts because it's like I I completely detach both of our sides. I explained my part. I, I he's not really active on 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 music anymore. So I don't want to drag him for something so bad and negative for nothing. You know? And let's just assume he didn't know. I think that's best, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have enough energy to go trying to hate on someone. So if I oh, no, no way. I, I I don't do like the fun f thing with me is I had to pick which emotions I want to like learn and hate was just not one of them. I can like not like when I hate somebody in like human words, I'm just very confused about them and why they are the way they are. But I can't I'm not like angry at them, you know, like even when I like stop having um like stop like a friendship with somebody or whatever it is it's never like a fight you know i can't really fight with people because i don't see why would you ever not just have a discussion but again it's it's part of me is i i'm very brutally honest open i don't have a filter and it used to be horrible now it's a motto that i am like whatever is going through my brain that this is me and if I ever feel like I need to hide something, I need to change that. I need to work on that. If I, if I, if there's anything I'm ashamed of ever, I work on that like right away. Because if, if, if it's a closure, then a closure. If it's whatever, then whatever. But I just don't want to leave life having things floating around me that I did something bad. It's, it's just me. You know, I think I've went through so much, so many hardships that just the like the thought of doing something that will hurt somebody just be, like brings me so much pain that I, I got to act right away, explain myself. That's why the whole thing with this track is, is so heavily emotional to me because in the like I've, I never do anything that can trigger. Go see, I never say anything controversial. I, I keep my, my keep, I respond to every message. I listen to every track. I hug every fan. I take picture with like, I, I will literally, it's not about being a people pleaser as much of, I want to be that thing that I, I want to treat people the way I would want to be treated. And I want to be treated just fine. Just like, okay. Like, no, you see like normally and with, with some kindness and patience. 
uh, because I never had that. So I'm trying to be that human and that's why it's hurtful um, when things like that pop. But generally, again, the good thing is I understand today society and the way people think and act. And I learned the brain and neurological and the neurotransitions and where exactly what emotion comes from. I had to, because for you, like you were born and you could, you know, you were, I'm not sure, but you were probably just a normal child, I guess. What's yeah? normal? I, my my uh, therapist says normal is a cycle on a washing machine. Yeah. I mean, it's true, but you know what I mean? Like more of a traditional, you did school, you did like all the traditional stuff. I I went to school, I got bullied a lot. Um, I didn't go to school a lot in my later years because I didn't want to because of bullying. Yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, you're the worst yeah. person to ask that. You're just, you're, you're, you're like me. So, I mean, I'm not diagnosing you, but... I, I agree you're not the typical person. I like that. That's for me, that's putting hot sauce on, on, on the rice, right? Like I Yeah, I mean, really I, like I've been that. told by a bunch of people that they think that I lack emotion and stuff. And I mean, I'm also on medication that kind of bent, like filters my emotion as well. I'm on antidepressants, right? So Yeah, I think it's it's more like your brain thinks uh, of subject in more outside of the box. And, and I can see that because that's the way I am. Like, I would not have the usual respond to questions. I would go from the side, not come directly. And it's because I'm just like, we're we're just built a little different than the typical version of a human being, which at the end of the day... I think, I think any music producer is, though, to like follow music as a full-time thing and put all of your eggs in that basket. You have it to, used to be It used to be like crazy. that. It used to be like that a decade ago, but today it's so much about personality and music is not like the, the main thing. So there, it, it's it's kind of like you need to talk to somebody for, for a little bit to understand what they're on. If it's the people like me and you, the nerds, the forum people that I'm going to be awake for four days uh, and fucking like sip on some juice and, 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 and make some stuff. And I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. We are like that, but today with influencers and TikTok DJs and, you know, a lot of the people that come to the scene because like, you know, they're, they, they have a friend of a friend that can push some stuff. It's a little different, but if we speak off like, musicians and producers like me and you and probably most of the people that care enough to listen to our podcast we are different and and that's why i'm happy to do this podcast because i feel a lot of people will relate to me and my story a lot of people gonna be like oh it seems normal to me that's not because i'm normal that's because they're slightly not and which is good you know <laughs> like we are we're spatial and i like you um Okay, I'll continue. Like, I, yeah, I, got, I, got, I got I got a quick question. Um, yes, you said you lived in America for a while, but but you moved back to Israel. Yeah. Why so, Why did you move back? I lived in LA for like three years, and when so for the majority of my life, I was very very like work 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 work, giving up everything, all the, like sacrificing everything for music because it's such a heavy dis distraction and i needed that like for you and drugs uh i hate to compare it and it might be very wrong to do me and this is a little similar like i can't not think about doing it or not doing it if i go on vacation and i'm not doing anything for like 20 hours 
I'm freaking out. I'm like feeling like I'm I'm in space, you know? Like my cave here, uh, if I don't have like a setup, I, I'm I'm losing my my mind, you know? It's it's to that extent. So I always was like, I just need to do it 24-7. No video games, no TV shows, no nothing. Just this and this and that and that. And, you know, coming to America, uh, I was 18 when I came to America. Um, you were kind enough to also like help with the visa back then, if you remember many years ago I, I yeah it was with um josh hernandez yeah right? yeah that, that, that was like yeah years ago but yeah again, okay, i do remember that yeah. i came to america and it's so different he, uh, are you american no i'm australian but i've been yeah. living in america for almost 10 years yeah so you kind of like i'm not sure like how your culture is different but my culture is like very 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 different yeah israel and, and america are quite different <laughs> australia and america are not that different yeah so he came to america and it's like it's it's awesome man like the, the, the scene is there everything is big and i'm playing shows and it's, it's, it's becoming real and it's all good but i did not have a place for me and you know for somebody with my health if i'm not taking care of myself Oh, that's not good. You know, that's a slippery slope. Uh, it, it's a matter of a couple months of me not eating right or working out or being in a good mental state. If I have too much anxiety, too, too much depression, I'm fucked. I'm disabled again if that happens. You know, I'm like back to square zero. Like now, good luck. <laughs> good luck again. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and in America, I was very fortunate to do what I do. But it wasn't nonstop and it, it was too much. I was too young. I, I, it's good to experience that, but I needed to get stronger. I needed to build structure. I needed to build a team. I needed to grow up. You know, I needed to become a man. I needed to, I needed to um, learn more about people, communication, like one-on-one uh, -on -one communication, uh, language, uh, human behavior, you know, all that stuff. I came there like just raw dogging it and it's i was not ready so i'm curious also like when like you, you were disabled when you were like 18 or 19 or whatever the age is for conscription there did the israeli military still hit you up to come yeah I'll, I'll explain on it uh when i like get to finish uh the story of like how things changed but uh, i did not serve the army i'm 100 percent disabled uh, and of course they don't want me uh, i did go and, and i did lectures for uh um soldiers after their service kind of of how to start your life and just motivation because the story and stuff so i i kind of did my part uh when it comes to the country and do whatever i can but you know the country itself they told me you're better off just paying taxes other than just giving us headache for three years we could use your taxes more if you're actually like making this money and playing these shows so I did not serve the army. Uh, I did not do school as well, like nothing. Uh, I was not able to um, do any of that stuff. Right. Yeah, 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 gotcha. Um, so oh. wait, where were you in this story? Yeah, yeah, America. Why did I, like they I move back? Finish this. Uh, why? why, uh, why, you, why you, yeah. So we already I mean, mentioned uh, that is because you felt like you needed to grow up and structure. And no, but but, but like... the, the reason is I just like want. It was COVID. And at first I was like, yeah, give it a month, right? You know, give it a month, it will end. It didn't. I went home and kind of had like a couple very needed, like like a year of just 
going back to being a child i mean it sounds funky but i i played video games and i watched some tv and i i worked on music more than ever before during covid i made like thousands of tracks like literally learned so many things and cultures and really dived in deeper than ever before because i had the time and you know i had nothing else to do but i also realized that with me like i i'm in america like six months a year and i really enjoy living here and then being in america for the shows and stuff because it feels like i'm just on a fun trip you know i'm like yay i'm in america and it, when when i leave there it's like oh i gotta go play a show and go back home <laughs> when like, i go there it's a different mentality you know i get myself ready i'm grinding on the gym In the last two months i lost like 50 pounds you know like i'm like getting myself healthy uh getting mm. myself in the right mindset you know just preparing myself to have fun and just live my best life and enjoy my healthy journey and make people happy so it, it, it's just so much fun to like be like i'm here for six months and i'm like oh i'm tired of being home then i go on tour and then after six months i'm like oh i'm tired of tour then i go home so i kind of like have this balance maybe it's just maybe it's just me i don't know but it, it's a lot of fun to to have this like i have this life i have a very such a simple minimalistic life you won't believe i am such a i don't need anything i need my setup I go to the gym, I have my wife. I am just as simple as it can be, the less stress, the less people, the, the least people, just doing my thing and trying to be good to, to the world. And then when it's tour, it's like very chaotic, obviously. It's not bad. I appreciate I'm appreciative as fuck, but you know it's a lot of Yo, flight. You're gonna of, be at a, you're gonna be a Lost Lands, right? Yeah, I'm also planning yeah. in a, you're you're in Denver now? Uh, I live in Atlanta. I bought a house here last year. Oh, I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. You always move. You were you were in San Francisco, then you moved to Denver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was in Denver and then San Francisco and then Charlottesville and then Atlanta. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I I'll be at Lost Lands. Um, cool. I'll love see to that. see you there. Do you know what, what day are you playing? Do you know? I'm doing Sunday. Oh fuck! I'm on Friday. So mm, I'm playing sure. with I'm playing with Infected in Denver the, the in Saturday. Uh, yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. Infected are great. Yeah, uh, they're Israeli. They were my yeah, uh, childhood I, heroes. Yeah. I had them on the podcast actually last week. The last two people you've had are Israeli. Yeah, yeah, freedom fighters as well. Actually, yeah, it's like a that's string amazing. of Israelis. <laughs> <laughs> You're so. Uh, uh, that's amazing. It, it, it's no, amazing, I, but I. I guarantee you there's somebody on Twitter right now who's saying that I'm an oppressor of Palestine now because I've had three Israelis on the podcast. Yeah. Like I, I guarantee I mean, you somebody's saying that. But I think like all of us are not like really Israelis uh, because because we're more time not in here than in here. We're not yeah. Israelis, I, mean, I guess. Yeah, like I've been to Israel a few times and I've experienced the racism mostly against Arabs is like like mostly when I hear racism there, it's against Arabic people, not Palestinians. Well, yeah. not, not it's pretty like they... remember what i said about like it's very confusing to me like hate so racism is one of these things like it's, racism, it makes no fucking sense tra transphobic people like it's very confusing like why would you care if somebody is is just being uh, i mean like did any of what like why would it matter we're all humans i, I, I don't know like for me it's such a 
I had to learn human behavior and some things I just never was able to learn. Like, where does racism come from? Because it's so, it, it, it like, there is no explanation. It's just coming from... It comes I mean, from, I think, I think like, uh, it's systematic, know. right? So it's like, if your parents are racist, then there's a good chance that you'll become racist. It, it, it's like, if your parents are vegetarian and they never feed you meat for your whole life, there's a good chance that you'll just be a vegetarian. Yeah, it's, the same, parents... with it's, it's the same with religion. That I learned exactly. about that. I learned about yeah, exactly. that. It's I, like, like yeah. what are the chances of somebody in Israel becoming like a buddhist like very low right like most people there are going to become jewish yeah versus like if you're born in you know a very christian-based country like the the southern america or something there's a good chance you'll become you know christian i or think if you're like, born in, i think you know, Israel, india is a good chance yeah. you might become you know but i so, think, yeah, I think uh, the way i see it is i grew up like we had everything around us, you know. I, I grew up with Muslim friends. I grew up with um, Christian friends. I grew up with Jewish friends. I grew up with because there is not such thing Israeli. I'm Ukraine. I mean, there is, you know, like. But my parents are from Ukraine and Germany, and most people have like roots. It's such a new country that uh, it's almost like seventy-five years it's been existing or whatever it is. So everybody has different origins. So my girlfriend is from Turkey and Morocco. She's Jewish, but she's technically Arab, you know, like technically, I mean, my wife. So I, we all just grew together. And, and because of my, you know, lack of understanding of some human behaviors, uh, like most of the things that you say, like religion and hate, and it, it just, some people, like you said, get it from their parents by kind of default. I did not have anything by default, not the good stuff, not the bad stuff. So I, it's important to me to learn about these behaviors, but it's so weird to think why would it, it all comes to like, if you have like a question, just ask it, you know, it's, it's such an autistic, like if you just so I think, yeah, like, I, don't I, know. I think core, core beliefs and religion come from your parents and i think ideologies come from your friends yeah so it's like uh, all these yeah. people that are hating on each other on twitter it's because their friends are hating on that same thing yeah. i think but well, it, part of it is you know. but the same thing like th this exact thing is why people also do good things like help exactly. other people yeah. and and support artists so you can tell like there is no good without bad and you know it's a cliche but it's true and I'm a firm believer that, listen, like, there's so much awful stuff going on, man. Like, trust me, like, we know it, you know, we, and both of us experienced quite hell in our own way. So we understand it, but I wake up every day and, you know, I, I, I wake up every day, you know what I do first thing? I go to my, to my living room and I have this big, like, window to my garden and I look to see if there is something and no, I just see green and it's nice and it's, cool and this is how i start my day none of that twitter whatever it is i wake up if something comes to my window oh that's bad but until the day a rocket falls on my fucking house i can't i can't change anything i can only be a positive light and try try to have people make people have a, a couple of fun minutes a day or just feel a little better about whatever it is, or inspire somebody in a way, or just be there for somebody. Like, that's all I can do. So I, I realized when I was thinking about everything else, racism, hate, and this and that, 
it's such a scary, like, um, it's so scary to even go outside and you're so, I was so afraid of life. And now it's like, it's unfortunate. I just gotta be, I, I just need to not to be a part of, of the bad. I need to be a part of the good. And it's cliche. Some people might say I'm stupid and I'm innocent, but hey, I want to be happy. And to be happy, you gotta sometimes be a little innocent. You gotta be. You gotta believe. I'm. I'm not believing in God, but wait, I. Wait, wait. Uh, isn't the saying, uh, "Ignorance is bliss, not innocence is bliss." You gotta yeah, be a little but, but ignorant. I, I think. I think ignorance is bad. When you're ignorant, you're egoistic and you only care about yourself. I well, think, no, 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 not necessarily. Everybody yeah. is ignorant to varying degrees. Yeah. Just okay, to, so m maybe the yeah. translation to Hebrew in my head, because ignorance for, for me, it's like knowing about an issue and not doing anything. Well, I think ignorance is, can also be not knowing about an issue, right? Like. Yeah, yeah. So, so now it completely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't. I I think being ignorant to like to know something and to ignore it. That's not only being ignorant, that's being like, uh, I don't know, just like not mindful or whatever. Awesome. Thank you. Being, you see, uh, dick, like. I, I'm, I'm here to kind of tell my story and I'm learning new things. I'm appreciative of it. You know, the, that's the fun for me. Like it's some it, people. Yeah. So I, all right, I just Googled it. Ignorance is like a lack of knowledge or information. Yeah. So, so okay. Okay. It's so, just, so it's just not knowing something. So yeah. everyone is ignorant to some degree. Yeah. Okay. I, I learned a new thing. I'm, I'm very happy. It, it does have a bit of an like a negative connotation to it though and i think that that's just because people have applied it to negative situations yeah. so often They're like oh that guy he's ignorant <laughs> he's bad no but i feel yeah. it because i see things in a very technical way like oh it's this okay that's it you know i don't try to go and see beyond that because ah, my my brain just works like that um but I'll think like, I don't want to like keep everybody for too long. So I'll try to like finish my story like quickly. And then we can just like chat about whatever. You're a very interesting guy. I've, I I could chat with you for a long time, man. But um, <laughs> I'll kind I'll of continue. I would love to. And even if, if I just like in town, I would love to just take it for dinner. We can do something yeah, like vegetarian. Yeah, in, I'm super down. Yeah, if you're ever in Atlanta, definitely hit me up. Um, Cool. So basically I'm going back to, because I really want to kind of like people to understand why I'm so weird and so like <laughs> empathic and, and happy, uh, because I, I, was, I, I don't, I don't think you're weird. Like you've definitely had an interesting upbringing in life, but maybe, maybe like you said, the reason yeah. I don't think you're weird is maybe because by my standards, weird is not that weird. I, I used to, I used to see people like me and think that they were weird because they're so happy. Like, why, why are you so, why are you so happy? Uh, what there is to be so happy about. I mean, it, it sucks, but <laughs> that's just how I saw some of it. Um, but basically, I was 13, started that, working with people, blah, blah, blah. 2015, a track blows up, SpongeBob vocals, uh, very viral, top charts on SoundCloud, uh, million streams on SoundCloud back in 2015, I was up there with Skrillex, you know, it was before the download gates, like just right before all that. So track re really gets big because of that one SpongeBob vocal. I made it with my best friend still to this day. He's not like trying to do like music, but you know, he's just my buddy. Um, anyway, I get my first, it's 7.02 PM. I'm sitting in my room. 
I'm at my lowest. 400 pounds, I can't move. Pain, pain, pain. No, not going to school. Everybody is just like, I'm just a mess. And, and I want to die. I don't want to be a, a problem for anybody I love, right? But I don't have any, any reason. No receipts. Been doing this music thing and it's been good, but it's just internet and numbers and screens. So you can't really like, you know, you can't feel it to that extent. You can't explain your mom. You can't do that. 7.02 p.m. I get a message on Facebook. Um, uh, yeah, we want to book you in Paris. Hmm. I'm not answering. I'm going to my mom's room and I'm just standing there. And she was thinking, uh, I'm feeling bad and well, we need to go to the hospital. Like, you know, usually I would go to my mom's room uh, and, and stand there when I'm like in such pain. I just, I need like, I need to go somewhere to check it, right? Uh, help. Hmm. Um, and she's like, what's wrong? Hey, what's wrong? And I'm like, if I ever were to play in Paris, would you be mad? And the first thing she said is like, um, wait, uh, wait, are you, did, did somebody want you to play in Paris? And I'm like, yes. How, how are we going to pay for the flights? I'm like, they're going to pay for my flight. And she's like, how are they going to pay for my flight? And I'm like, just for mine. And back then she was still like, I was not able to be by myself, right? I needed mm -hmm. somebody. But also at that time, my mom was like taking breaks off work because she was like, we're pretty positive I was about to die. So she was just trying to spend whatever time she can with me. She took me to the pool to see movies. I was 15. I was like, you know, like a dude already uh, with a, somehow a little beard. And she was taking me just to like do anything with me, spend some time with me before before I'm not gonna be there, if you know what I mean. And mm -hmm. she just said like, if that's what you wanna do, do it. Even if it means you'll die, just if, if that's what you wanna do. And I, and I say like, I would rather to die there and not here. What is there, what is here to die for? My fucking bed? What is here to die for? I'm, I'm a burden for you, I'm a burden for everybody. Let me, let, just let me go there. And if I don't make it back, you know that I was the happiest I've ever been in 15 years. And so I did. I'm going there. I'm shocked, disconnected. I don't know what to expect, you know. Um, I'm there at the airport. I'm flying to Paris. I'm landing. This guy comes, picks me up. We're driving on his Honda Civic, right? Uh, I get to the hotel. Mr. Uh, Sex Wales, I go to my room. And I'm like in shock. I'm like just not understanding what the, f it, it's such a, this is not happening. This is not happening, but okay, okay. They come, we walk to the venue and I'm expecting one of these like small, small clubs, like 50 people max, you know, some something very, very small. I come there, it's a big ass venue, like 2000 cap people on the beach uh, called uh, La Galerzart on uh, Paris and I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. But I, I see like, there is no people. That's why I'm, I'm gonna play for nobody. And they're like, no, no, your set is in four hours. Go sit. I go to the green room, huge platters of sushi, people doing cocaine on the side. I'm there with my ticks. 
like that. Nobody understands what the fuck is going on. Everybody thinks I'm just nervous, excited. <laughs> I could not speak English, yo. I could not just say like, I have Tourette's. I, I could not even say a word. I was so afraid of everything, of the situation. Four hours pass by, I go on stage, people screaming my name. Imagine like I start my set, I press play, and within seconds, it feels like it was over. Best one, best hour of, of 15 years, that was the first time I felt happy. For the first time since this war in, in 2008, since the moment that the Ruka fell and broke, that was the first time I felt happiness. Like something, just anything that's not pain, 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 and pain. And I'm finishing my set. I'm crying. My... <clears throat> I was sweating and had the, so because of my tics, everybody was dancing. The fans were thinking my tics, they were thinking I'm just dancing. So the fans started to do the tics as well. They, they were thinking I'm just <laughs> dancing with them. And that was the first time that my tics did not matter. Nothing mattered. The only thing matters is I was there. I played my set. I finished it. I'm going to the green room. I'm starting to cry. Uh, I'm begging somebody the, the, to call the promoter. He comes there, he takes me to the hotel. I'm in my room, 18 hours, I'm sitting there crying in a row. I did not know tears can run that long. I was awake for three days with the same clothing. And then like, you know, I see the time. I'm like, oh, they're picking me up in 30 minutes. I go shower for the first time by myself in, in like a year um, without help. And man, it's not a shower. I'm just standing there and water is going on me. I can't hold the, the, I can't do anything, but I was so proud of that shower. And then I go out, I put the same clothes. I don't know why I was in such panic. I had clothes to put like new ones. I put the same clothes I wear since I went out from home, the same clothes. I don't know why I just go there, get on the plane. I land back home and my mom sees me. She cries. Now she didn't see the show because I did not have internet and back then, like today, you just do a package, you like get a SIM. I did not have internet for the whole time for like a day and a half. She didn't know. She didn't know what was going on with me. And then I land there and she sees I'm okay. And I'm poker face. I'm like so disconnected. Oh, sorry about that. I'm so disconnected from reality. And man, I just, take the phone out, I show her the video, I took a video, I have this video today, I just took a video of myself, selfie, with like 700, I was not headlining, but 700, 800 kids, right? She cries, and then we get home, I shower by myself, I tell my mom, hey, no school, no pills, no doctors, no nothing. If I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die trying to do this again, or, after I do it again. And since that day, I've been doing all the same as I did this day and everything changed. Two months passed by, my ticks went down by 70%. Two years passed by, I played in all of Europe, Canada, spamming Canada because I did not have my US visa. So I'm just playing a lot in Canada and Americans drive to see me there. Huh? Um, Asia, 2017. I lose like fucking hundred pounds, you know, I become a man. I learn about people. I meet people. I fall in love. I start to experience life for the first time. And then I become 18 and 
kind of had a realization of what happened before because three years just passed like like that and all the adrenaline and then i'm sitting there and i'm like wait but what is life who am i like what what's going on like why is everything is so weird like i'm so weird and and, and should i try to be like everybody else should i just, just be myself and it was a very dark time of like a realization and one of the thing was also that thing with that track from you know uh with ehide and so many things and i'm like what have i done you know like wh who was i like what was going on back then like why didn't anybody help me or was there for me to guide me and and that's when i was like but hold on but i'm still by myself so i need a team i got my first manager uh josh got my visa got an agent rebranded sex was his gun and all the mistakes and the it's all behind, man. Starting a new page completely, you know, taking it seriously. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm at this point, I'm like, I'm the provider of, of the family and I got responsibilities and I'm a grown man and I have lawyers and accountants and it's real, you know, like um, the career is going, going great. We have billions of views and streams. And uh, of course not like, I'm not like headlining, but the music did pretty good. The music did pretty good. I played my first share in Europe, Canada, Asia, all that. And then, you know, I moved to America, got slapped in the face real hard. <laughs> I was nothing again, you know, like small, uh, very, very small fish and need to build from zero. But I learned my lessons, you know, and, and I believe since then it's been five years. I've grown to be... The only thing that changed is I am accepting myself now. I always felt like I needed to be like other people, like this DJ, like that DJ. I need to talk like him. I need to make music like them. And when you ask, like, you know, some people just don't care about the bad. Of course I care. It breaks my fucking heart. But I, I'm here to be myself. I spend way, way, way too many years not being myself, suffering in terrible, miserable pain. And the only reason I can leave life now is because I'm just unapologetically being myself and I'm just spreading all the things that, that I want to spread. If it's positivity, if it's trying to inspire people with, with my journey and, you know, like there are so many things that happened, like uh, it will take weeks for me to really tell everything and every stone and every situation. But I am, I just became who I am and, and acceptance is is what really saved my life along with music because like i enjoy music now just like i enjoyed it when it was just me and music it was just us and you know what i mean by just me and music we all been there for me it's been years of just me and music you know like me and my little best buddy that's always there shitty day it's there great day it's there you come out of the shower it's there and it's still like that today. And that's the thing I'm grateful for. And, you know, I feel like we could have speak about sound design and of course, like I, I, whatever, but I really wanted to come because I've been listening to the podcast. I know you're a genius and the people that come here are brilliant for real, for real. And I am very appreciative of, of the knowledge, but I wanted to, to bring something a little different and some people are going to relate to this. Some people are not. Some people are going to like it. Some people are going to hate it. Some people are going to make fun of me. Oh, look at this stupid, optimistic kid. Oh, he doesn't know anything. Like, 
dude, life's fucking weird and and not easy. Like I'm I'm not just like chilling. No, it's it's hard. But I choose to be like that because if I'm not gonna if I'm if I'm waking up and I'm not choosing to be like that, I'm gonna be in pain again. And and I've lived enough with pain. I just I just wanna I just wanna enjoy what I have because you know wanna hear the tr- you wanna hear the truth like I'm healthy now. I'm in a healthy weight and I'm in health, great health and balanced yeah. and I have my team and I have my people and it's amazing. But you want to hear the truth? I still have this fear that one day everything is going to come back right away. And it, 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 it's a possibility. But, uh, it sounds like to me that that fear is what drives you to keep living uh like a healthy and true keeping myself and accountable life. yeah and, and yeah, also exactly. like it's it's, it's i have the same thing i mean i i definitely suffer heavily from anxiety and i'm also as we mentioned susceptible to addiction as well so i, I also have to be careful about things like that as, and and for the same reason it's because i fear um you know falling back into those patterns but hey man I got to bounce, but I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, It's really cool hearing your story and I hope other people enjoy it too. I'm sure they will. Um, But yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I I don't know if I will see you at Lost Lands because I'm playing on the Friday and then I have another show in Baltimore on the Saturday. So unfortunately, I don't think we'll meet up there, but maybe we'll meet up. If you have a show in Atlanta, definitely let me know. 100%. I really appreciate the opportunity. I know this might not be the casual thing for you or for the listeners, But I do want to say, like, you know, oh, this this podcast, man, it's like literally just about talking about anything. Like it. No, I know, but I always feel like obligated to speak about music when I do these, and I have so much to talk about when it comes to music. I'm as excited about music as I am excited about this. But I feel like there are so many people with you know that can use this time to explain music. I wanted to show something a little different, and I'm truly appreciative of your time, of the opportunity. Anybody that listens so far, and I do want to say that if anybody has questions or anything they want to tell me or say to me about this, about their experiences, just tell me what they've been through. Like I said, I'm just trying to be the person I wanted to be there for me back then. So everybody, everybody is welcome to message me uh, on Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, Wales FM. You don't need to follow me. Like, I'm not trying to plug myself. I don't care about any of that stuff. Uh, But if anybody's going through something, uh, feel free. And I do want to say to you on a personal note, thank you for sharing my story. Uh, thank you for sharing your story. Um, I am the kind of person that I usually would love to listen more than I love to talk because I, I learn a lot from people's experiences and I appreciate you telling me your story. I, I hear that some of it, but it's more personal like that. And I do want to say like, I'm proud of you for fighting and keeping it going because I'm doing the same thing, man. I'm waking up and I'm, choosing to 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 do this shit so i'm i don't know when somebody told you that but i see your hard work man you're you're here you're really here and you are not here at some points of your life and that's um i admire that i admire that on you i admire that on myself and i really hope that people get the message whatever is going on we control and we can always be better and live a better life and Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It truly means a fucked on. Yeah, of course, man. Thanks again. Thank you. Have a good one.
Yo, what's up? Thanks for listening to the Mr. Bill podcast. This show is produced and edited by Robert Fumo. You can get early access to the show by going to my website, mrbillstunes.com and paying me instead of Patreon. And remember to go rate and review on iTunes or I'm going to come to your house and punch your dog in the throat, upper deck your toilet and fuck your partner. Note, I may or may not do those last couple of things. Uh, you should probably just go rate it on iTunes or Spotify or whatever it is that you listen to the podcast on because it really helps the podcast. Um, but but just know that, that it'll go a long fucking way to me not doing those things if you do go do that. So uh, just, just putting that out there.